0: It's not to say that you don't, you have to niche, but I've found that dating a few niches and testing it out is kind of helpful to get some angle, some more penetration into the market.
1: I like that. I like the idea of dating because you're right. I think sometimes people think I don't want to niche because I don't know. I'm not sure. Whereas why don't you date and see if that is a fit for you and a fit for them and then pivot. I am a I consider myself a professional pivoter because <laughs>
0: always. <laughs> All Sorry. right.
1: I just I'm I got too many things I want to do. That's an
0: entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. That's just yeah. an entrepreneur definition.
1: Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist, and after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. Hey icons, welcome to today's podcast with someone so special. I have been giddy about sharing this gentleman with you. Colin Boyd is here and he is known from the Cell From Stage Academy, which I have to just give a plug right off the bat. I am a part of it and I have been blown away by the content and the abundance of content. Colin has just outdone himself my friend so if you're in any kind of selling capacity at all this program I have to highly recommend it and what I think I really appreciate about Colin is that he really takes away that feeling of being pushy or salesy and teaches you how to sell with confidence and speak with confidence and so Colin I feel like I know you really well I know we are just getting to know each other but I just have to thank you for being here today I'm really excited to hear what you have to say.
0: Oh, no, it's great to be on here, Jen, and I'm excited to help your audience.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'd love them just to get to know you. I want to assume maybe some people listening in have never heard of you before. So would you mind giving us just an overview of how you even got to this place?
0: Yeah, so you can probably hear in my accent. I'm Australian, but we live in California in Newport Beach. We moved here about three years ago. We moved our company from Australia to America, but it definitely didn't start there. For me, it started about 12 and a half years ago. I remember I was studying life coaching, actually, and I really had this desire to make a difference and to serve people. And and I found this vehicle of life coaching and I thought, wow, this is phenomenal. I can actually help people and, and also make some money doing it. And I thought, this sounds great. And I remember sitting in my little two-bedroom unit on the side of the the railway tracks, mm-hmm. and with my my new you know new wife who I'm still married to, <laughs> who's amazing, Sarah. And I remember sitting there and just thinking, I don't I don't know if this is possible. Like I had these big dreams of wanting to do something significant, but to be honest, I was really struggling with my business. And I was I had I think I had one client, and he was doing some coaching with me every other month. And so, you know, I'm earning like $100 a month, basically, and just thinking, oh, my gosh, like I I had this desire to do something big, but I just didn't know how to do it. And what happened was I got a referral from a friend to speak at just a pro bono, a free speaking engagement. And it was literally a dark and stormy night. And I walked up the stairs with my wife around my arm and and we sat down and and then I spoke that night and I made an offer. And... This was one of the first times I'd ever made an offer before. Now, the offer was a free offer, right? But at the end, out of the 137 people or so that were there, 125 of them gave me their details and I followed up. And then four days later, I signed a contract with Hewlett-Packard for a global speaking engagement and I'd, and I'd signed 12 paying coaching clients. So literally, from one experience, my entire business like started and then that was when i had this obsession with understanding the power of how to speak from a stage and obviously now it's more virtual stages which we which we do as well but that that stage experience for me just made me obsessed
1: yeah, I love speaking from stage too. It's good. And congratulations. That's incredible because I feel like those sometimes those moments are divine. Just to be like, "Colin, this is how you can show up and make a big difference." So I'm so glad you did and went there on that dark stormy night. So you moved to California. Could you mind me asking what made you make that move from Australia?
0: Yeah, well, if anyone's been to Australia, you'd know that like it's an amazing place to live. Like the beaches are incredible. I grew up literally surfing before school, after school, mm-hmm. on the beaches in Australia. It was phenomenal. And I got to a point in my life, actually, I joined a mastermind and the mastermind was based in the U.S. And I remember I went, I went over here to, to, for my first experience of it and seeing the scale of what was possible in the U.S. compared to Australia it really just resonated with my wife and i's heart because we always wanted to do something quite significant and so we made the decision you know f- 4 years ago kind of to to move to the us and the main reason was simply because we the scale that's available in canada and the us and so forth in these markets which is still available in the in australia but there's something about being in the environment and the friendships I've been able to make in the U.S. I, I could have—I mean, the opportunity I've had here just blows my mind, and so that's been the main reason.
1: Was that a difficult decision, or did it feel really simple to make?
0: It, it was difficult to to work through, but it also felt—it just felt right. It's like those hard decisions that if they feel right at a gut level. I remember we landed in LA and I had basically three people that I knew in the US and we had two weeks at an Airbnb. I've got like a two year old and a five year old at the time. And that was it. (laughs) I'm like, what on earth are we doing that we managed to work our way out of that space? So it's been good.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's such an encouraging thing because I think sometimes people feel stuck, whether it's in a place or in a business. And I think that story just shows courage and bravery. And when you take that leap and take that chance, some really great things can come from it. So I love that we were able to share that with you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And the biggest thing with that, I think, was I contemplated making this decision for a good two to three years before I did. And what that meant was I researched, I chatted with friends, I went on Reddit, I went on YouTube, I did all the research, but I never actually committed or made a decision. And it wasn't until I decided to hire an international you know, lawyer, an immigration consultant, and really put some money on the table, to be honest, and put some real energy and time and then literally within six months, I was living in the U.S. And so th- that's the power of commitment. That's why I love sales as well, because I feel like the exchange, the money exchange creates transformation in people's lives. And if, if, you, if you don't pay for something, you actually rob yourself from the transformation. Obviously, you don't, you don't want to pay for absolutely everything. But if you really want a result, you've got to put skin in the game.
1: Mm, That was good. Yes, I agree. And, you know, it's really quite transferable, your experience, because I hear like you were thinking about it. It was on your heart. It was on your heart. But it was when you really made the commitment that everything unfolded quickly for you. And I see that in business all the time. These women and even men who have this idea on their heart but they don't take that leap of faith and they sort of stay stuck and i always think like oh gosh what if you just gave it a shot what could happen so great yeah, story. yeah.
0: i think like jim rowan says that you know your your income seldom surpasses your personal development and if i look at where where we are in our business and i look at the people that i started with and There's very few, I don't think, to be honest, like, I don't want to boast too much, but I don't think there's anyone at the level that we're playing at. And the biggest difference is not my skill. It was my willing to invest in myself Mm. and continue to grow and, and make those tough decisions. And that's all it is. It's nothing like special. It's just a courageous decision continually.
1: Good. And and you're right. It is that element of holding yourself accountable to growth too, because you're working with some pretty big players that I think all of us would know. And it's interesting. Cause now that I've taken your course, I'm actually witnessing your content like playing out in real life when I'm watching their webinars and things. It's made me really aware and you get to see like, yes, there is a level of skill and you match that with passion man, it's hard to, it's irresistible really, isn't it? I, it is for me. I'd love to just start then maybe with confidence because working with so many fresh newbies in the entrepreneurial space, I find they start or they have this business, they get started and we we really do now with social media, throw them in the deep end. It's like, you've got to show up and start speaking and not everybody starts with that level of confidence. What would be your tips for someone brand new who now has to show up and share what in fact they offer.
0: Mm. Well, I think it's it's actually made it a lot easier now. The barrier to entry is a lot lower. And when I look at starting out, you know, if I was starting out, consistency is one of the biggest things. And if you don't have consistency, you really won't have long-term success in your business. And so I think about the barriers to entry in network marketing or in coaching or any sort of these industries are actually very low. Mm -hmm. And so the barriers to entry from a financial perspective are low. However, the barriers to entry from an emotional and a courageous perspective are high. And so you have to come to that point of decision of going, even though this isn't gonna cost me that much financially because like compared to, well, you know, we're not setting up a warehouse and, right. and holding you know $200 million worth of stock, mm-hmm. right? The, the barriers to entry are low, but emotionally you have to make that decision and go, is the message that I wanna bring, is that important enough to go beyond my fears? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always teach my students is you have to make your message bigger than your fears. And whenever, you know, specifically I teach a lot of people to sell their stuff from a stage, which is, which is even more another level of courage. Yes. Because when you're making an offer from the stage or a virtual stage, like a webinar, there's that feeling of, are people going to reject me? Are people going to say no? And it's on a scale. And the biggest thing is you have to hold at the front of your mind that the reason why I'm doing this is to change people's lives. And every single time I make an offer, every single time I speak, the more I lean into the minds and hearts of my audience and associate and have empathy with what's going on for them, the less fear I feel because my focus isn't on myself anymore. It's on the contribution I want to make.
1: Mm, That's important. What you just said was important. And I've heard that message so often lately. I'm through your courses, a couple of books I'm reading, and it's been really neat to see it populate in my mind over and over again, because it is the truth. I think it takes the ego out a little bit, removes us from the equation. And it's just about showing up for the person, but something that's coming up for me that I think other people would be thinking in their minds right now is what if you're all selling the same service, the same product. So I think about a health coach, you know, there's a lot of them out there. How do you differentiate yourself when you're speaking compared to the next person on Instagram and that sort of thing?
0: Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is that you have to realize that there's going to be people who resonate with you that don't resonate with another person. And so this comes up a lot because, you know, there's, there is competition, but competition says that there's a market for it. And so, you know, some of you, some people might have heard of the book Blue Ocean Strategy. And Blue Ocean Strategy is basically this idea of find a space that doesn't have blood in the water. But to be honest, I kind of think that's a bit challenging, especially if you're starting out. If you do that, you've got very little chance of being successful. And so, I I always take the the creation mindset. So what I mean by that is creation mindset says that there is an abundance amount of clients and opportunity and things we can do out there. And I'm adding to the creation of it as opposed to I'm against someone in the competition of it. And so that mindset shift for me helps me to rather because when you start thinking that it's because you're going in competition and comparison and comparison and competition are really a lot of the times the thieves of confidence. And so if you go into a creation mindset and say there's someone, there is a, there is a woman out there. There is a man, there is someone out there that my message is going to resonate with that. And it wouldn't resonate with if they heard from someone else, even if they're more established and I'm supposed to serve that person and you start with one, you start with two and then it gradually grows and then you you gradually start to find your voice And then things start really resonating with your audience more and more. And then the momentum grows as you do that consistently. It consistently could look different for everyone. It could be once a day. It could be twice a week. It could be once a week. But it's more like making that decision of going, I'm going to show up, contribute, and I'm not in competition.
1: And thank you for saying that. Because actually, The Blue Ocean, I started reading it and it put me into instant scarcity mindset. And that was just in 2020. People kept saying, you got to read it. You got to read it. And my coach at the time said, Burn the book because that is, (laughs) yeah. She's like, I want to actually, she wanted me to do a reel on it because she said, Listen to the way you're speaking. That's not who you are. That's not your belief. The belief is it's abundant and you are just out there sharing this message to find and for them to find you the right people to have that connection. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I don't agree with that book necessarily either, but I know it serves some people well. So I love that you mentioned this because it you do resonate with the right person. It's not about necessarily fitting for everyone. And I'd love to know your opinion on niching, if you don't mind, because I have an opinion on that too. But I'd love to know, does some, do you think someone should start right away with a specific niche, a person in mind, or can they be broad
0: my experience has been that it's harder to sell something that's broad. Now, if so, if you have a very powerful story or a very powerful experience that, that draws people into a broad offer, then you can do that. But as a generalization, I find that niching makes something sell faster and it's not niching forever. So rather than like, saying I'm married to this idea. It's you just kind of, my my philosophy is you, you date it. And so you date it for 90 days and see if it works. But if you're a life coach selling life coaching, is more difficult than selling maybe weight loss coaching because weight loss coaching, you, you know what their problem is. Where life coaching is very general, it's more difficult. But if you've got an incredible story of transformation and people resonate with that, then you you have more of a an opportunity, I think, to sell that. But if, if you haven't been through a massive transformation yet, which is totally fine, like not everyone does that, mm-hmm. I find niching adds an angle or a hook that people can really bite into and it tends to sell more effectively. Like for example, I teach people to sell from webinar and from any stage, right? But before that, I used to teach people to present. Mm. So it was like confident presenting. That was such a hard sell compared to selling from stage. Mm. And it's kind of interesting because as as soon as I said, I am the guy that teaches people to sell their stuff, from a stage I got invited into these masterminds like peer masterminds that literally these are people that when I was in Australia I used to go imagine if I could meet them and then they start hiring me to coach them for their events and I'm like this is crazy and so for me one of the biggest things was they saw because I chose an angle Mm -hmm. they felt like that angle was valuable and so I could add more value and so it's not to say that you don't you have to niche but I've found that dating a few niches and testing it out is kind of helpful to get some angle, some more penetration into the market.
1: I like that. I like the idea of dating because you're right. I think sometimes people think, I don't want a niche because I don't know. I'm not sure. Whereas why don't you date and see if that is a fit for you and a fit for them. And then pivot. I am a, I consider myself a professional pivoter because <laughs>
0: always. <laughs> All right?
1: I just, I'm, I have too many things I want to do. That's an entrepreneur.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's just yeah. an entrepreneur definition.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I love the permission I give myself yeah. to do that too, because I am very almost playful in my business to try things. And when it doesn't work the way I thought, or maybe it just doesn't fit right, it's okay to move on and try something else. And that's, a really great example, even with your business, you know, just getting specific there. And then all of a sudden it exploded because you found the right niche for you. Yeah.
0: And I've found, so I started off life coaching and then I went to, I went to, I did presentation skills. Then I did career coaching and then I did more like corporate training stuff. And then I went into executive, co- like I've done like probably 15 different niches. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Well, great example. So good. Oh, friends, I am so excited to provide this for free. You have no idea. This is worth millions. It's created millions of dollars now in revenue for people who have utilized my 14-day launch strategy. Whether you are about to launch a five-day challenge or a masterclass or your next program or a new business or a podcast for that matter, this launch strategy works like a charm. It has created six-figure months. It has built people from zero to six figures in less than six months and has worked across the board, whether it is a service program you're providing or a product business that you're putting out into the world. I'm telling you right now, it is so good and so easy to utilize. It tells you exactly what to do every day leading up to a launch for whatever initiative you're putting out there in the world. I think a lot of times on social media, we get really messy with how to market ourselves and create this sense of promotion and excitement around what we're offering. And I've taken all of that feeling away, given you ease, simplicity, and really effective strategy to get your next program, business, service, whatever it is out there into the world. And here's the fun thing. You can download this for free at jenspiegel.com. It's completely free. People always say, why do you give this for free? Well, it's because I love to give. And I have now added this nice little bonus offer. If you care to have me work through that launch strategy with you and really elevate it to the next level, you'll see it there. You can click on that link and get this beautiful one hour coaching with me where I walk you through step-by-step how to create the biggest, the most abundant launch you have ever had in your business. So go head over to genspiegel.com. It is hanging out there for you. And I cannot wait to hear your success story. Please share with me and know that I am a cheerleader for you and this mission that you are on. Okay. So here's something I know with every client I speak to it's the transition from sharing what you have to offer, which I feel once people get specific and really understand it, that confidence builds, but moving from that into asking for a sale and making that transition. And I really love when you said infusion selling, I was like, this is my guy. I was so excited when you used that term. I It just flows off the tongue so nicely. Yeah. And I think it's just such a beautiful concept. Would you share what that means with people listening in?
0: Yeah, definitely. And when you say, That I just, if it's okay, I've, I've created a guide of scripts that I'm happy to share with your audience for transitioning. So if anyone wants it, it's literally at transitionscripts.com. So transitionscripts.com, they can download it. And it's eight transition scripts that you can use to transition from your content into your offer on a Facebook live or any sort of platform. So definitely grab that super helpful. Yeah. So infusion selling is a concept that I coined based around my understanding of what people tend to do. Because most of the time, people are at one one of two extremes. They're either teaching, so they teach a lot, and they, they run a training or a webinar, and they get to the end and everyone's like, that's amazing, thanks so much, like great comments. And then no one joins their program, no one signs up, and it's like, oh, that's nice for the ego, but not great for the bank account. Right. And then you've got the other extreme where someone just makes a really intense sales pitch the whole time. There's very little value in the training and it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Now, they will make some sales, to be honest. They'll actually make some sales, but long term, it's not really a fantastic strategy because people start to get a reputation and it's like, oh, I don't know if you want to go and see them, right? And so infusion selling is is really that sweet spot in between, which is when you speak, you sell at the same time. And so what that means is that there is a, there is a space that you can find. And in our, in our program, which I know you're in, we teach nine infusion selling strategies that you can use, and you can keep recycling them through any, anything. And so basically, uh, an infusion selling strategy is basically using specific techniques. You teach and teach value, but you also create desire or reduce resistance for the offer at the same time. I'll give you an example. So signature story is one of the infusion selling strategies. Now, most people think that their story is about two things, connection with the audience and credibility that they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a story that entertains. It's not a story that sells. And so to make it an infusion selling tactic, you have to add one more thing, which is it has to reinforce the core premise or the core idea that the audience must believe to say yes to the offer. So, for example, if we can dissect what I did at the start of the, present, the, start of the <laughs> podcast, you asked me where did you start and I told one of my signature stories. Mm-hmm. Now, in that signature story, if you think about it, it reinforces the idea, and it's a true story, by the way, like I didn't make it up, is yeah. it, it, but it reinforces the idea that a stage can transform your business very quickly. And the core premise for what I help people to do is that one presentation, you, you dial one presentation in, your whole business can change overnight. And I've seen that happen over and over again, happen in my life. And so that signature story isn't just about telling you about me, it's about also reinforcing the core idea that the audience has to understand for them to see progress in the area that I help help them with. Does that make sense? And so, so for your audience, what you want to be thinking about is what's the story that shows the journey from challenge to victory, but also reinforces the key idea that, that, or the key decision that the audience needs to make to be able to say yes to the offer. Mm. And when you do that, that's a signature story that sells. And so that's one of the, you know, the nine infusion selling strategies.
1: Yeah. And I just worked through that actually in your course. And I really appreciated it because most people when selling on stage or in a webinar or any type of presentation, often they start with their story and you end up sort of sitting there and it's this Slew of here's all the things I've done in my life, which you know I applaud, I celebrate alongside of them, but you're right, it doesn't buy me into them Mm -hmm. and what they're offering because it's just really a story of their life. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that you said that because there's a lot of people listening in that needed to hear that advice. So thank you for that. It was a perfect example, it was perfect. Well,
0: it's funny because you actually don't need as much credibility as you think.
1: Mm. So
0: a lot of the time people put lots of credibility and things that they've done and all their, you know, accreditations or whatever, they either put that in reluctantly and they're like, oh, I just I hate talking about myself and they do it or they put it in egotistically and that's all they talk about. Now, the problem is, is that that's all about them mm-hmm. where a signature story that sells is actually not even about you. It's not about the person who's telling it. It's actually about the audience. And so, for example, my story, when I started sharing about, you know, I'm living in this two-bedroom unit on the side of the railway tracks so with my wife and newly married and struggling, that story, even though I'm telling it about myself, I, I bet the audience members when they were listening, some of them were going, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I, maybe I wasn't living in a two-bedroom unit, maybe it's a one-bedroom unit, but it doesn't matter. It's like, I know what that feels like because that story that i shared isn't about me it's about them That's right and so when you do that effectively it sells the next step without happening to sell anything mm-hmm. it's phenomenal
1: it is phenomenal. And you're right. It's almost like taking them on a journey and it's almost as though you, they can visualize as well because they put yourself within that story you're telling because they think about themselves in that apartment. You're so right. I mean, this is really good content. Friends listening in, I'd love if you would just like rewind a couple minutes and listen to that again <laughs> because this is really what shifts people and I'm seeing confidence being built through these theories and skills you're teaching. And also that feeling of, I don't want to be salesy. I think that's the biggest thing that holds people back, this fear of sales. And you're teaching how just to infuse it. I mean, I'm using your words, but infuse Mm -hmm. it into what you're saying. So you don't have to be so pitchy all the time and more just share these experiences and, and be a really good storyteller.
0: Yes, 100%. And so at some point, you still have to make an offer right but what's what can really help is the challenge that people have is that there's too much dissonance mm. between their normal speaking and their selling at the end yeah. and so when you infuse the two the offer is just the next logical step and people have a desire for it as opposed to going that was really helpful and then how come they're selling to me and right. so there's a there's an inbuilt desire for for the offer And so one other thing I think that can help people to really reframe how they view selling is that when you sell, essentially you're, you're making an invitation, right? So you're putting out an invitation and kind of think about it like a party, and you, you invite people to the party and you create a space and you're proud of the space. You design it. You like put all the music in and the lights and the, the decorations and so forth and the feeling and the vibe you're creating a space. And all you can do is say, Hey, I've created this space and I'd love to have you in here if you think this is the right fit for you. And so selling is just making an offer for someone to, join a space to see a certain result. And when you view it like that, it's less like intense and it's more just going, Hey, I've created this beautiful space of transformation for you. And it can see this types of results. Is that the type of result result you want? If it isn't, then, you know, don't come in. But if it is, then I would love to help.
1: Mm, That's so great because I think, and this actually ties back to that transition, I think people get in their heads about, oh, I'm I'm nervous about asking people to buy from me and purchase from me. There's this resistance to, it probably comes back to money mindset too, but yeah. sales and being pushy with sales. Now I see this, like, I'm going to always think about that actually, Colin, like I'll just mm-hmm. always think about my house decorated and all the appetizers out. You're just inviting people into your home and if they can come great, if not, that's okay. Rather than this seriousness, I think we just make it too serious so, maybe we could go back and circle back to transition scripting and and helping someone let's assume they are doing a webinar and they're launching a new program. How could they go from sharing and giving value into actually asking somebody to join a program?
0: So you know it's it is it is really helpful to have some phraseologies in that to do that transition, but essentially, what you're going to do, you're going to be teaching your content and at the end you're going to summarize and then find out what was most helpful, et cetera. And then what I tend to do, what I like to do now is to really take people out into a future and Mm -hmm. show them what's possible. And so show them a future-paced example of where they can go. And essentially to ask them if that's the person they want to commit to being. Mm -hmm. And if it is and they resonate with me, then I'd love to share some next steps for those people who are ready to make that commitment. And then you just move into your offer. And so what you do is because the reason why people don't make a commitment is because they're too associated with their past and not strongly enough associated with their future. Mm -hmm. Your past self doesn't create the future that you want. Only people who make decisions from their future self create a different future or the future they want. And so that's why visualization is so powerful is because you visualize who you want to be and even like, you know, all, you can get into all the energetics of it and the vibrations and so forth. But really at its core, it is you're, you're visually creating an identity of who you want to be and acting like that person now. When you do that, you create a different future. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why people don't buy a lot of the time or join your pro, join programs is because they're too associated in their past self. And so you need some sort of mechanism to make them connected with what's possible, and your teaching should do that as well. But at at the transition point, you show them what's possible, and then you invite them to become that person and step into that even more.
1: So powerful. So casting (laughs) this vision casting a vision of their future. And and one of the things I know really resonates with me is making decisions on my future self. I always ask myself that, would you make this decision in your future version because I am pursuing her? And if the answer is yes, the answer is yes. And if the answer is no, the answer is no. It makes it so solid. So allowing people to step into that is such great, valuable advice because I think you're right. We're not inviting them into that posture to make a right decision. They're still thinking about yesterday, bills or the last program that didn't meet their, their needs yes. or, you know, or broken promises instead yeah. of that hope again, and that desire again, that's really good. Mm. Really. Yeah. Good. And,
0: and people have to make a decision out of that hope.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's,
0: I mean, that's all you've got is like, I mean, entrepreneurship is learning to bet on yourself. And what's fascinating is if you actually look at the anatomy of what an offer really is. So when people join my program, your program, yes, they give us money, but what they're actually doing is they're just committing to themselves. Mm -hmm. They're saying, this is a commitment that I'm making to myself. It's not even to you. It's actually to themselves. Mm -hmm. And an offer facilitates someone to make a greater level of commitment to themselves. And when you see it like that and realize that your offer actually isn't even about you, even though you're getting the money. It's not even about you. It's actually about facilitating a space for them to commit to themselves on the next level. I know for me, when I joined a, a mastermind, one of the first like serious masterminds that I joined, I think it was, you know, it was, it was multiple five figures, right? And I, I remember saying to the, my mentor, you know, this, the money I gave you wasn't about you. It was about me saying that I want to commit to myself at this level and I'm ready for that.
1: I remember the first time I did that as well and and how nerve wracking it was. I mean, I just had butterflies in my stomach, but I remember I did the exact same thing, Colin. I stopped making it about that person and giving that coach the money and more about, are you worth this, Jen? Are you going to stick your neck out and actually do something with all these ideas and the, the gifts you have and show up? because at the end of the day, it's really less about the experience with the coach and more about what you made of that experience. I love that you said that. It's good. This is good stuff. Oh, okay. So I have a burning question that's so selfish, but I, I want to oh. know from Colin, since I have your attention. 2021, we saw in 2020, this Huge shift into online virtual, which turned into a lot of like five days or master classes leading into a webinar that led into a program. And we're seeing a lot of that. I'm wondering, is that becoming a, li- a little bit diluted? Are those master classes or webinars, are people becoming sort of close to it? It's noise now. Do you see a transition in 2021 into a new strategy to launch programs or are we? We just got to be better at making them very specific, that webinar very specific to launch something to the, the general public. I'd love your opinion, like where you see the trends going.
0: Yeah, I think, well, I think any good marketer worth their weight in gold can show how something is going out of fashion. So what I mean by that is if you're selling how to sell over the phone, you can sh- you could show how emails or selling on a webinar is now out of fashion and not, not going to not work. And so the reason why I say that is, I think selling from or using a virtual stage, whether it be a webinar or a challenge or a three-part video series or something like that, I mean, I don't think that's ever going to go out of fashion. Like you go back to, you know, from the time of Jesus, he was using a stage to speak. That's why everyone who starts something uses a stage to speak. Now, obviously it's virtual, but but to get really specific about trends, I'm noticing sometimes shorter webinars. So like do my 14 minute webinar because attention span is getting less. I'm noticing shorter training series. So sometimes people are starting to talk about doing a two day, like a two part training series as opposed to like a three part or a four part. What else? I'm noticing a lot of virtual events. So join my two-day virtual event, and they're fantastic to sell. Especially if you're trying to sell a higher ticket, like anything above five thousand okay. dollars. Virtual events are definitely getting bigger, and you know they're kind of the they're the newer things that are coming out. But back to your point, if you've got the right angle. Mm -hmm. And you're running a 60 minute webinar or a 90 minute webinar, 90 minutes, quite a lot. I like to keep it to 60. But if you've got the right angle and you're hitting the right pain points, you know who your avatar is and what you can help them with, that's going to work. And so, you know, it's kind of like saying email's dead. Email's never really going to be dead. It's always going to be around and, and useful. It's more just how you use email. That makes a difference. It's like webinars. It's like how you use the webinar. And there are a ton of crap webinars out there. Like, you know, (laughs) right? There's some, and and that's why it gets a bad reputation sometimes. But there's also some really good ones. And so if you truly understand your audience and can speak their language in your marketing copy, then the vehicle doesn't really matter that much. Whether you're doing a challenge or you're doing a webinar or a three-part video series, It's more about like, do you truly understand what your audience wants? And if you do that, then it's going to work.
1: Mm, Great advice. Great advice. I miss the stage though, Colin, don't you?
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, the energy. (laughs) When we first met, I know I was speaking on a live stage. I know you were virtual Mm -hmm. and- That was the first live experience I'd spoken at for over a year. And it was uh, so good. (laughs) Seeing people's faces.
1: Faces and they're engaged. There's something about online sometimes there. You just think, are they grasping this? Are they feeling it? And when you're in front of an audience and you see their heads nodding and they, you know, wiggling in their seats because they're loving what you're putting down. It's there's such an energy exchange and I miss it so much. I love it. Like I, oh, I love it. So let's just hope and pray that that opens up soon.
0: Hopefully, hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the last thing I'd love to ask you if you don't mind. Well, there's two things. There's This is the last call-in question is... What would be your number one piece of advice if someone said, and you've talked about this already, but I just really want to hammer this in. I am so afraid, Colin, of being pushy. I am just so afraid. Mm -hmm. I, I hear you that I need to understand my audience and I need to speak their language. But at the end of the day, I just can't seem to get past this fear of being salesy. What would you say?
0: I would say that fear isn't about the fear of being salesy. That fear is really about the fear of, being committed to something. And so what I mean by that is when you truly believe in your you're committed to what you do, then you're at that level where where you're going my commitment to the message and what I can help people with is bigger than the fear. Because to be honest, like I have that fear as well of I don't want to be I don't want to be salesy, right? And so let's reframe it and go what this is not it's not about being salesy, it's about giving people the chance to see a transformation in their life for the right person and to see it as you're not making everyone do it. It's not like a autocratic society where you just, you know, you're manipulating people to do something that they don't want to do. It's their choice. And, and for the right person, it'll change their life. Mm. And so one, one frame I like to use is that if you don't make an offer, you're actually ripping your audience off because there's going to be a few people in that audience who are going to see a transformation in their life. For example, I, I, we met at a mastermind that I spoke at and at every mastermind, I always ask them, I say, Hey, can I make an offer? And that's not normal at a mastermind. And obviously I frame it in the right way, but I know that the offer is for the right person. And I know that you joined my program for the right person. It'll change their life. And I can at least just make an offer. I'm not I'm not telling someone to do something. I'm just saying, hey, this is a space I've created. If if it if it resonates with you, then then here it is. Mm-hmm. And and for the right person, they, they say yes and, and it sees a change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm sensing too from you because I agree with all of this is is taking the eye out, the ego out, because when Mm. we're like, I'm worried about being salesy, we're making it all about ourselves and what will people think of me? There's so much ego involved in that. We don't like admitting it, but the ego is sneaky. Oh, yeah. And so I love that you're like, stop thinking about you and what could happen to you. And instead, think about just one person. That's another really good piece of advice. I hope people picked up on. You weren't talking about 100% conversion. You weren't talking about 50 people joining your first program, you're talking about one person at a time mm-hmm. and making that big impact, which, friends, it just takes one person to have a great experience for them to spread the word and your business blows up. So this is, oh, there's so many bits and pieces that could be pulled apart in this interview. Was, it's really great. I'm really appreciative. And I am, I really end every podcast with this question. I'm excited to hear your answer. And so I would like to know how Colin is going to be iconic today.
0: Oh, iconic. My goal is to is to be an example of of what's possible and to stay connected and grounded to who i am and my family mm. and so my goal is to be a representation of of possibility with health in my life Beautiful. and so that's that's my iconic goal <laughs> i
1: love it It's a good one. It's a good one. And you're a very good um, husband and dad and facilitator and teacher and coach. And I just need to, again, thank you from my personal experience with what you've taught me through this incredible course. It has not only affected me, but it has also rippled into all the people I work with and teaching them a lot of your systems and skills. So I'm just so grateful for this experience with you. And friends, please reach out to Colin. Learn through him I have to be honest, I said this before we hit record, but I I owe it to you, Colin. I don't know if I've ever had as juicy, attainable, concrete sales training as the sell from stage. And friends, you may think, but I'm not selling from stage. If you are showing up on your stories on Instagram, that is your your current stage and you start there. And the content in this program is fantastic. And just to reiterate, he also is going to give you three free scripts at transitionscripts.com. So yes. Head over there. I'll stick it all in the show notes, anyways, and they'll go follow you over on Instagram. And I just look forward to them plugging into you because it's it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone is interested, the self from Stage Academy, you could just go sellfromstageacademy dot and there's a VIP waitlist, so you can just put yourself on the waitlist if you're interested.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Colin. Thanks. For Thanks, everything. Jen thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it just want you to make it a great day.